0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy.
1: And I'm Sydney McElroy.
0: What's, uh, what's going on, Sid? How are things going?
1: How Like, for me, yeah, for the world... A, we haven't talked in a little bit. I mean, that's that will give our listeners a strange view of us. We do talk every day. We haven't day. seen each other since the last recording. I mean... No, we... Is this an illusion we're creating? That we don't see ju- each other? No, this except this is a
0: different... Just, this is like...
1: Oh, this is podcast Pi- Justin. This is Time to Shine Justin. <laughs> time to Shine Justin. Time to
0: Shine Justin only shows up for podcasting.
1: I, I like the idea that if you were like a series of of like dolls, there's like regular Justin and then there's Time to Shine Justin. There's they stri- do that with JoJo Siwa because the kids love the JoJo Siwa dolls and they have different like, there's like pop star JoJo Siwa and like the regular like hanging out casual JoJo Siwa. There's ta- like there's different ones. There's
0: the Taekwondo Justin. that comes uh-huh. with his own Dobok and different colored belts. There's uh, Justin's in the shop, which is like a woodworking one with it has like mm-hmm. protective gear and and aprons and like your own glue <laughs> comes in it and some wood for free is in there. And it's like a whole line of dolls.
1: Does it come with my storage space that's now filled with a woodworking shop?
0: Huh. That's and like and like
1: me, like or like a little picture of me looking sad.
0: Can I tell you something? That's <laughs> actually not something you want to discuss with Time to Shine, Justin.
1: Th- oh, that's okay. really
0: more like a regular Justin or husband Justin.
1: OK.
0: Kind of discussion. I'm All just right. here to be effervescent and charismatic um and shine i mean i don't know how else to put it and you're right now you're dulling my shadow a little bit which oh. many inspirational images on facebook say that i'm not allowed uh to let anybody do
1: well i i just can't help but be me all the time
0: mm,
1: there's what, just the one me what must, you see that, is what you get that,
0: a WYSIWYG. that must be uh exhausting actually that sounds exhausting well what what is the sydney that i see what am i getting from her uh today
1: uh well for me today just this sort of fits in with time to shine justin okay because perhaps time to shine justin is made of star jelly
0: oh boy i love that i love love that i love star jelly i like i actually lather it up on my face before every time that i shine so it actually is perfect
1: have you let me ask you have you actually heard of star jelly jelly. my
0: entire life
1: i had not either thank you courtney for letting me know about star jelly because I had not heard of this and now I'm fascinated and know we're going to do a show about it. Um, There is a medical reason to talk about star jelly, believe it or not. Um, Justin. Sydney. With all that is going on, are you surprised to learn that apparently there has been some sort of gelatinous ooze that's either coming from the earth or most likely people thought falling from the stars, falling from the sky for centuries?
0: Ooze has been falling from the sky for centuries, and nobody noticed. And nobody
1: knew. Well, some people know, and that's why we're doing an episode about it. But we didn't know. I certainly didn't. Did you? Do you ever? Do you ever? When you're taking your
0: my constitutional? Yes,
1: your, your morning stroll through the through the dewy fields of Huntington. I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, through the thicket. Yeah. Do you <laughs> on the moors? When you're taking your strolls on the moors, mm-hmm. I wish we had moors. Um, do you ever find? Uh, like goo that you can't explain on the ground, like jelly or goo, ge- ge- gelat- gooey? gelatinous gooey? Yeah, but... All <laughs> gooey? Li- yeah, Goos? But, Goos? but uh,
0: <laughs> f- several summer camps have taught me to just leave that uh where it is. Have
1: you ever <laughs> seen that? No. No, me neither. Okay, so what are we talking about? It looks like... I'm going to get into what people think this is, so don't worry. We will get there. But star jelly looks like a l- translucent pile of jelly it's like sort of a it's usually it's not completely clear like it's not see-through like i said it's not transparent it's translucent and white and cloudy and jelly okay yeah various sizes like throughout time throughout different encounters with this substance um and it's been found all over the world just sort of lying about the ground uh Like I said, the stories of of color and shape stuff, they vary sometimes. Um, And the effects of it also vary. Like what it does to you, if Mm -hmm. it does anything at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Most agree that it just sort of dissolves into dust with time. Like if you leave it outside, it'll just kind of like dry crumble and fade away. The first mention of Star Jelly goes all the way back to a book written between 1305 and 1307 by a medieval English doctor named John of Gaddisden.
0: Sorry, say again? Gattisden. 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 Gattisden.
1: Uh He wrote a book that was called the uh, Rosa Medicinae, or also called the Rosa Anglica, which, by the way, um, I need to tell you about this book um, before I tell you about what he wrote about it. But anyway, so he wrote this book, uh, and he first— he gathered up a ton of like, it's a medical text and Mm -hmm. he gathered up a ton of like already known sort of medical writings from famous physicians and and such throughout history. So like Galen's in there, Ibn Sina's in there, Discordes, a bunch of different, like here's their thoughts on something. Mm -hmm. So he put that in the book and then he wrote a lot of his own sort of like remedies, like there's tons of prescriptions basically, like recipes for stuff that he's made. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's a lot about him just, like, a lot about who he is as a person and, like, what he's into and, like, his successes. Like, mm. here's a prescription for something. And, by the way, I sold this baby to the barber surgeons for, like, tons of cash. <laughs> and its main ingredient is tree frogs, which is weird. But um, – so this is this book that he wrote. Uh, he named it the Rosa Medicinae for, for the rose, the rose of medicine. He named it this for two reasons. One, because it's got five parts, and a rose has five like petals.
0: I will have to take a word for it. On that. I don't know.
1: That's what it, that's, I'm not a flower rece- guy. There seems er- low. Receptal, sept- Five sections. I don't know.
0: <laughs> this is not a flower podcast. This is people. not a
1: flower. But this is a bad flower podcast. Um, the ro- a rose has like five sections or something about roses. Anyway, the other reason he named it this is because the rose was thought to be the best flower and this is the best medical book ever written.
0: A red rose just just have five petals. There you go.
1: There you go. There you go. There you go. And the, he he felt like he had written the greatest medical book ever written, so it's the rose of all medical books. It's the Rosa Anglica. There you go. That the, this is this guy. Um you know uh the Canterbury Tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Ch- by Chaucer. Chaucer. You know the Nasty there's stuff. a there's a doctor is one of the one of the travelers. Oh yeah. 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 The physician and the Canterbury Tales may be based on this guy, mm. John of Gaddesden. He may have been inspired, like his, um, like in the prologue, they list like his personality traits. Like he's smart, but he's very boastful, and his main motivation is cash. Like that's that's why he helps people. Really, is mm-hmm. not out of altruism, but like money. It may have been based on this guy. Mm. I just thought that was kind of a cool aside. Yeah. Anyway. He was the first one to write about star jelly or Stella Terre, star of the Earth, what we would eventually call star jelly. He uh, he described it as a certain mucilaginous substance lying upon the earth. Ugh, that's a rough word.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, musala- mu- mucilaginous. That's
1: tough. It is tough. That's isn't a it? tough one. Yeah, and he suggested that it's good for abscesses. I'm Just- assuming that. Just moosh it on there. Just moosh it right on your abscess. And it'll be fine. Moosh it on your abscess and it'll go away. Um, and you find like No no
0: no, he didn't say it would go away. I just told you to moosh it <laughs> on your abscess. <laughs> That's true. He what does. happens next is on you.
1: It, he didn't guarantee, he just said it may be helpful for abscesses. That's a pretty benign statement. Maybe it may be,
0: maybe I don't know. that would be a fun doctor. It's like <laughs> maybe maybe. Oh, maybe
1: you just try. ask him anything. Maybe Will this help? No. I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe. Um, there, and similar from this initial description, you start to see like other, uh, descriptions of it pop up in various medical writings and dictionaries from like the 13 and 1400s. Mm-hmm. So, and the, but the names vary. So there are lots of different, I'm calling it star jelly. Cause that's kind of like the most common. And but, the
0: funnest to
1: say, I think. I, I like star jelly, but a lot of these things you may have heard are, are the same. We're talking about the same substance. So there's star fallen, star falling, star shot. Star slime, star slough, star slubber, (laughs) star spurt, star slutch. Star slutch? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, The Welsh uh, powder, sir, which means rot from the stars. There's a word, uligo, which is a certain fatty substance emitted from the earth. These are all different. A lot of rough words. Yeah, a, a lot of ways to describe.
0: The like the opposite of cellar door over here with like the
1: the mm-hmm. the way it
0: sounds star sludge star
1: sludge star spurt that's it's terrible questionable. Uh, in addition to abscesses, there was another folk recipe that popped up that was like, "Hey, this might be good for purple fever or what we used to call childbed fever." It was we've talked about this before. It was an infection that uh, after a person had given birth, they might get this infection, and we eventually learned it was because. Of not washing your hands when you go oh, baby. babies. Right, right, right. Remember we talked about this? It's an important one. So, um, so I, it would not help for that. Um now the the common belief, like why did we call it this? Mm-hmm. It was because people thought it was from stars. Yeah. People would see it on the ground
0: and go It's a weird pick because the stars are in the
1: sky and the jelly's on the ground. But yeah, I mean it has to come from somewhere, right? Well, but like they knew of the existence of falling stars. Like they would look up and see a shooting star. Yeah. And
0: but Then the, they would look down, like, oh, dunk! There's jelly on the ground.
1: <laughs> the implication was that shooting stars eventually hit Earth,
0: and just get smooshed,
1: and they and the, they and they break apart. And this is what they're made of. This is like this is a, the, if you could reach up into the sky and grasp a star, it would be a big gooey. <laughs> <laughs> ill-advised it would be ill advised to start be, off with. It would be a, a gummy, gooey, oozy thing, mucilaginous, even and and so that was the, okay these are stars that somewhere they fall to earth and when they do they bust open and here that here are the bits of them scattered among the ground but because of that not only did some people ascribe medical properties to it but it also of course took on this sort of mystical magical poetic you know like mm-hmm. there was this whole other side to star jelly it wasn't just about the the medicine or like What it might do for you, it was that it was this magical kind of thing. So you start to see throughout the 16 and 1700s this view of star jelly. And it shows up in a ton of different poems, which like, I don't know that I would have realized. Like there's one from 1656 by Henry Moore. He writes um, that the stars eat that those falling stars, as some call them, which are found on the earth in the form of a trembling jelly. Mm. A trembling jelly. A trembling jelly, quivering John Suckling, in 1641, wrote...
0: <laughs> I can't catch a break this
1: episode. As he whose quicker eye doth trace a false star shot to a marked place, do's run apace and thinking it to catch a jelly up-do snatch.
2: <laughs> mm,
0: lovely. A lovely P.O. Mark. Um,
1: and there are lots more. There, you can find lots of uh, examples of people saying, like, "Go if you see a falling star, go run over to where you think it fell, and you're going to find... As Sir Walter Scott writes, some foul jelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, imagine she's the star and be like, oh, no. Uh, oh, no. That jelly's headed for my house. Uh, we're going to see some foul jelly. Um, in modern times, you see this, too. There is a Lovecraft story, The Color Out of Space, mm-hmm. that talks about, like, some sort of jelly from space. Some sort of, like... Ooze, like same kind of thing um and in 1950 there and i'm going to go into some of the incidents where we have found star jelly throughout history um in 1950 there were four uh, police officers in philadelphia mm-hmm. uh who saw something fall from the sky they thought went to the place where they thought they saw it fall and according to them found a domed disc of quivering jelly six feet in diameter one foot thick at the center and an inch or two near the edge they tried to pick it up and it dissolved into an odorless sticky scum. Gross. This story from 1950 Philadelphia is the inspiration for The Blob. Oh, really? Yeah. This uh-huh. is why we have – The Blob is inspired by star jelly. Hey, that's huge. Um, the Blob is so much scarier than it should be, by the way. I've never seen it. You've never seen The Blob? No. I find The Blob too, truly horrifying and it it's just – I mean it's – The Blob. It's just a blob. I find it very upsetting. Um and there were other reports of similar goos and jellies like that through all over the place: Lovell, New York; North Reading, Massachusetts; Kempton, Tasmania; Everett, Washington; throughout Ireland, Scotland, England. Like you, you hear all of these stories all over the place. In one situation, instead of medicine, however, like so in all of these other situations, it was either just ooh, we found some weird jelly, or like hey, it has this beautiful mystical connotation or maybe it could heal you in some way, like all of these different, I would say not not very negative properties ascribed to it. Okay. But in one situation, it actually seemed to cause harm. What was it? So I want to tell you about the Oakville Blobs. (laughs) But before I do. One of my favorite minor league ball teams, (laughs) hands down. (laughs) Uh, let's go to the billing department. Let's go. The
2: medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth.
0: Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy.
1: I don't remember. Well, there's that. no
0: need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier then you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar.
1: I don't think I was going to... Squarespace,
0: what is it? It's a tool, think of it as the palette. The palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the... Easel, the metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products, you can uh, post your videos, you can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McRoy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash Sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code Sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. I think this week I'm gonna be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is is, is part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancies. Listen to this. We're gonna get this truffle oh, butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to Factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at Factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off.
2: Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother and Me. Are you ready to binge watch something? Old. The Greatest Generation is a podcast about Star Trek by a couple of hosts a little bit embarrassed to even have a Star Trek podcast, hosted by me, Ben Harrison, and me, Adam Pranica, we get into the critical, the technical, the science fictional aspects of the show we love while roasting it and each other at the same time. We've completed an entire series about Star Trek The Next Generation and another one about Star Trek Deep Space Nine and we've just begun Star Trek Voyager. So now is a great time to start watching a new Star Trek series with us. So subscribe to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts and become a friend of DeSoto today.
0: Stepping up to the mound for the Oakfield Blobs, it's Sydney McElroy.
1: <laughs> All right, Justin, it's August 7th,
0: 1994.
1: No, it's not. In I my got story. You, got you already. In my story. It's okay. August 7th, 1994. We're in Oakville, Washington, and it's raining. I would guess that this is not strange. I feel like, doesn't it rain a lot up there? <laughs>
0: In Washington, yeah. I mean, the times that I've been, it it rains a lot. Most of the episodes of Frasier were about that.
1: (laughs) So it's raining in Oakville, Washington. That's not particularly interesting. However, the next morning, everybody wakes up and after the rain, and they find uh, small gelatinous blobs. Um, Some people talk about them like the size of like half a grain of rice, so pretty small, right? Little teeny, teeny balls of jelly. (laughs) <laughs> orbies,
0: um, basically.
1: orbies have fallen from the sky. <laughs> that is what people begin to assume. They find them all, all over the ground and they think, well, these must have fallen from the sky. Of course. Because they're scattered all over the ground. Um, and this would continue to happen, by the way, for the next three weeks about six different times over the next three weeks.
0: That's bizarre. That would be okay? very disconcerting.
1: Uh, one police officer... <laughs> who was driving in his patrol car when this when this started falling, uh, his name was David Lacey, he noted that the reason he figured out it wasn't just rain, because it was very small, and you may have thought it was hail or something like that, but he turned on his windshield wipers, and they smeared across his windshield, the way Weird. you imagine like petroleum jelly or something on your windshield, right? Mm-hmm. So like they smeared across his windshield, and so he knew right away like, hmm,
0: mm, we got a jelly thing. <laughs>
1: this is a
0: jelly situation we got on our hands.
1: What do you think the number for that is? You know, you got like a number associated with different crimes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's, there's no, a number I can't for a jelly. Any
0: funny numbers? Uh,
1: there aren't enough funny numbers, no. except for the like ones that are funny because you're making sex jokes and then. a sex number. The weed
0: number. Nerds like the the hitchhiker number. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: those are the only funny. numbers. You're number. a nerd. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa.
0: I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: Uh, Yikes. There was another resident, Dottie Hearn, who uh, reported that she went out into her yard, discovered these gel jelly things, and picked one up thinking like, oh, hail fell.
0: Classic human behavior. Yeah. Oh, What's that? A mysterious substance. Let me grab that real quick. Yep.
1: Dottie picked one up, and Dottie um, was surprised at how gooshy it was. She was able to just goosh it right up, and Th- she was like, this is weird. I thought it was hail, and it's not hail. Dottie was confused.
0: Okay. I just, <laughs> I just don't understand how you know about that. Um, this is... This, Th- c- because it's like, i picked up lots of things, and sometimes I think this is Gucci, And not once have I been like, hey, history is Justin.
1: I picked up something Gucci. Can you write that down? So, full disclosure, this particular part of the episode uh, is from Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> I love no! the show Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> anyway, so that's why we know Dottie picked it up and gooshed it.
0: I guess that Unsolved makes more sense than her calling us. history.
1: I don't know. I mean, I love the I love the way that Unsolved Mysteries gives color to these stories, right? Like gives you yeah. people and stuff. Like I always I always admired that. I think that that probably inspired some of what I do on here is is try to unsolve mystery the story, you know, like yeah. um so I, you know, maybe there wasn't a Dottie. Maybe Dottie is an amalgam of several different people that was created for the joy of television audiences. Um,
0: <laughs> thank, thank you for admitting that, because if you had not, and some internet sleuth was like, "Um, I don't want to like read bells," but I'm pretty sure this part's from unsolved mysteries.
1: It is. It's from unsolved mystery. The Oakville blobs are real. That happened. Now all of these characters. I don't know exactly, but the, you're going to get the sense. Those little blobs okay. are real. It's okay. really, this did happen.
0: Did the police officer, is he Unsolved mystery? too? The names
1: have been changed to protect the <laughs> innocent. I don't know. So uh, this no. is
0: footage of a reenactment of David Lace- yep. Officer David Lacey.
1: With his windshield With wiper his smearing. With windshield wiper. <laughs> okay. After Dottie picked up the gooey ball, she started feeling bad.
0: Because she did that, <laughs> she like, Why'd I do that? It's gooey.
1: She started to to have difficulty breathing. Her vision got blurry. Mm-hmm. She started becoming nauseous. She got vertigo. Oh my gosh, that's a lot all at once. Uh, about an hour into her symptoms, her daughter Sunny Barclift found what? her found her passed out on the bathroom floor, sweaty and pale. Why aren't you reacting to this?
0: Because it's made. It's a made up thing you saw on Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> one not, time. No,
1: the Oakville blobs are real. Okay. Okay. So she. T- so anyway, <laughs> this is like turned. Into, <laughs> she took this show turned into your own cryptozoological expedition here. This is medical history.
2: Oh.
1: <sighs> Uh, the Oakville blobs fell. Do you want me to like? I could give you the dry version. Some gooey stuff fell from the sky and nobody knows why. No, 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 no.
0: I I much prefer
1: your episode she, recaps. About so she mysteries. took to. So she went to the hospital and she was there for three days. She had an ear infection, but it wasn't just Dottie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mystery solved. David the cop got sick. Other residents got sick. There was a local human, Beverly Roberts. I don't know what her job in the town is, but she said pretty much everybody got sick and several dogs and cats died.
0: I mean, that's probably Dura Gerg. That uh, dogs and cats do tend to do that, but sure. Okay. And and let let me say,
1: let me say, I don't know if everybody in town got sick. I know that the truth like the facts are people found weird gooey stuff on the ground, and then some people did get sick around this time. Obviously correlation does not equal causation. I am not implying that these blobs actually made people sick, but I am saying that people in town think the blobs made them sick.
0: Okay, got it.
1: That is definitely, people really did think that. Um, anyway, Sonny <laughs> went out and got some of these gooey things and took them to the hospital and was like, can you check these out in the lab? At that port, can you imagine that lab tech? Hi,
0: I've got some balls of goo. Can you take these to the lab?
1: And, and check them out And reported that there was like a white blood cell from a human. But like that was all that they saw. They didn't know what it was. So then it was sent to the Washington State Department of Health and a microbiologist there, Mike McDowell, analyzed it. And he found two bacteria that are usually found in the human digestive tract.
0: This is normally when I'd call unit um, and and, uh, get get the doctor in here. We need the doctor. Yeah, to check this
1: stuff out. This is a slow invasion. Um, So anyway, what was it? I don't know. Nobody knew. There was a theory, like some people tried to tried to propose the idea that perhaps an airplane flying overhead had dropped what I have learned is called blue ice.
0: Oh, the from the toilets.
1: Yes, um, but two reasons that doesn't really work is that one, they're not really supposed to drop it midair. That would be wild. That would be wild that would if be that's wild. how that worked.
0: We're not. We're, we need to make better time. Quick, <laughs> drop the dookie <drinking> ice. <laughs>
1: That's what it is. Yeah, it's bathroom waste. That's what I yeah.
0: I was trying to say it politely, but
1: yeah. um and it also it has to be dyed blue, like it's an FAA rule. Like you're supposed to dye it blue. To make so it. you know what it is.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And this wasn't blue.
0: In case someone else found stinky clear ice and they were like, What could this be
1: on the, the plane? <laughs> there was also a really great um theory that okay, during this time, and it was confirmed that the Air Force was practicing like Bombing out over the Pacific during the same period of time, then
0: maybe they'd like nuked a whale and all its giblets flew up on the shore.
1: well, you're close jellyfish. there was a thought that what if they're what if they're exploding jellyfish so hard that pieces of <laughs> jellyfish are raining down on Oakville? People do not that, that is not, not that. yeah, I think there are multiple and also like they didn't find jellyfish DNA, so. But I don't think it was that. That, seems, anyway, that
0: one seems case closed on that. I un, think.
1: Unsolved to this day. Some residents still believe it was a biological weapon that was accidentally tested on them. Anyway.
0: Pretty, pretty easy to avoid biological
1: <laughs> Star <laughs> jelly. don't pick up the goop. Star jelly story once takes us to Oakville, Washington, and there's this weird thing, and you can watch it on Unsolved Mysteries if you really feel inclined. Um, I'm sure with the reenactments, it's even better. Um. What other theories, though, other than these that we've talked about, what other theories have cropped up from some of these things? Well, there are a couple cases where we think we know what it was. So there was one time in August of 1979, uh, there was a person, Sybil Christian, who lived in Frisco, Texas, who um, one morning came out to her front yard and found some purple blobs on her yard, mm-hmm. like little purple blobs. Um, and she connected it to the night before the uh, Perseid meteor shower had occurred. Okay. So the thought was like, oh my gosh, the me- old
0: is new again. This is definitely from stars again.
1: Uh-huh. Meteors are made of purple goo and we didn't know. Um, however, what they eventually discovered is that there was a battery reprocessing plant Um. Which used caustic soda to clean impurities from lead in the batteries, mm-hmm. and the the resulting stuff, like the stuff that's made as a byproduct, is purple. Oh, so okay. the thought was that maybe it had gotten, which isn't great. Like that's disturbing in a different way.
0: Yeah, right. Because like, like fun disturbing. No,
1: yeah. it's like well, this isn't from space, but also why is it in my front yard? Yeah, that seems troublesome. So. That was one instance of star jelly. They thought they solved. There was another one in Dorset where um, they thought it was star jelly. They went and analyzed it, and it was uh, sodium polyacrylate, which I guess is a kind of like super absorbent polymer that you can use in agriculture. So, oh. like, and so, like, if you put it out on your yard and then it rains, it will swell. Like so it would it would look like, exactly like the stuff in diapers. You wouldn't know it was there. Maybe. If, if conditions were dry and so then if it rained overnight you would come out and it would look like it had rained goo when really it was just all of these things absorbed water overnight and became really large so again like orbeez or the stuff that's in diapers which um which there are a lot of science kit these day kits these days that kids play with and that's what they come with they come with orbeez and the stuff that's in diapers and they just yeah they love that stuff um there were some substances that have been found to be certain kinds of, like, molds or fungi. Uh, there's one called—you uh, you guys don't want the scientific no, names here. Do I have the scientific names here, but, like, you guys don't even— We don't. Anyway, there are certain kinds of <laughs> molds that look like slime, that look like goo. I mean, you can find these things, and that's just how that they naturally occur— out in the world like sure. you would find them and it would look like a pile of goo and it's a fungus it's a mold um there's one in sp- the one specifically it's a kind of blue green algae called nostoc that shows up after rainfalls and so that one was that has been a lot of cases of star jelly has probably also been nostoc and it has it kind of this own like mythology around it and like medical applications and like mm-hmm. that specific algae has its own kind of folklore (laughs) outside of star jelly, but it is often included in the list of things that we have accused of being star jelly. Gotcha. Um, There is a theory that seems to have been borne out by some evidence. Like this may be all the times where we didn't know, where it wasn't one of these things I've already mentioned. It may have been this. So um, there was a theory that it was a substance that was regurgitated by an animal that Mm -hmm. we're seeing something that was inside of a creature and now has been, puked back up great like a bird or something has puked up whatever this gooey stuff is have to be a lot to cover a whole city (laughs) so as you can imagine over time we have we have looked at this stuff under a microscope in different occasions to try to figure this out um and at one point they found like what looked like amphibian dna in one of these things like a frog Mm mm-hmm Okay, and then in one they found that and some something like a predator DNA, like some sort of predatory bird. Okay, so then they started theorizing maybe this is the innards of like a frog or something that's been puked back up <laughs> by a predator. And then in one sample of star jelly that was collected from Dartmoor in 1926, they found oviducts and ovaries and some, some eggs along with some other bits of a frog. Okay? Okay. So the thought is that what we are seeing is a collection of mainly this, um, this gooey jelly stuff that's in like the oviducts of frogs that have been eaten by a predator, and then the predator pukes back up this part of it because it's not easily digested or whatever. Gross. Yeah, gross. Um, Especially if you find it in the autumn, this would be the time of year where um, the adult... Big big
0: time for frog eating.
1: The adult female frog carries a batch of eggs that they're ready to lay. Mm -hmm. Okay? As the eggs pass down the oviduct, they're surrounded by some jelly that, like, the oviduct walls squirt out this jelly and Mm -hmm. surround the eggs in this jelly. Um, it's not a lot, like it's a teeny, you can imagine, we're talking a teeny, teeny amount of jelly, so you might wonder, like, but that seems like it'd be almost microscopic. Like, how would we be seeing this with the naked eye? Because when it comes into contact with water, it expands. It gets really, really big. Mm -hmm. So if a predator eats the frog and digests bits of it, um, it will release this jelly, and then if they puke it back up, it will absorb water from the soil or if it rains or whatever, and you'll see this big massive gooey jelly stuff mm-hmm. that's actually frog innards.
0: <laughs> Such a gross episode, and there's no human body stuff in it.
1: Um, so that's probably what a lot of the cases where they can't ascribe it to like a mold or a fungi or an algae or or something that you use in your garden or if you unfortunately have a – a, ha- a battery reprocessing plant that doesn't seem to be regulated very well. But why did near it make you? people sick? Why did it make people sick? I I don't know. I what I would say is this:
0: it's an unsolved mystery. After all,
1: <laughs> did it make people sick? No. My guess is that it did not. Um, not to deny the residents of Oakville their story. Uh, certainly, I don't know what happened. But my guess is that. People just got sick around the same time this happened. And because it was scary and unknown um, and different, you yeah. connected the two events. And that is – that's what we humans do, right? We do that constantly and connect events that actually maybe weren't related. We connect them because temporally they were related. And yes. so that makes sense to us. Um, I It probably didn't make people sick. It probably doesn't help with abscesses or fevers. Um, most of the time, it's probably not an exploded jellyfish. Yeah, it's just some frog innards. And I, I mean, I wouldn't want to pick them up, but I guess
0: old, old uh, Patty, Patty sure did.
1: That's the that's Dotties, the, the mystery of star jelly, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: still unsolved. After still all this podcast, don't don't know if it. I I my guess is it didn't actually make people sick. If you there see you jelly There's on the ground, don't touch it. I mean, you know, I think it's a good rule of thumb. Sure. And I do this. Like, as a doctor, I have this habit where somebody will be like, look at this rash or bump or something, and my immediate instinct is to touch it. Yeah. Like, bare hands. Like, oh, let me touch that. That's humanity. And I always have to – I have this voice in my head that goes, put on gloves. And then I go put on gloves, and then I examine whatever I'm going to examine. So put on gloves. If you want to pick up star jelly – Put on gloves. There you go. Then you'll be safe. Or just don't. Or just don't. Take a picture. Yeah. Gram that.
0: Gram it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Thanks to the taxpayers for the use of their salt medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Uh, Thanks to Max Fun Network for having us as a part of their extended podcasting family, and thanks to you for listening. We sure appreciate it. Hey, we got a book, in case you want a book of us. Uh, It's uh, called The Sawbones Book. It's in paperback uh, with stuff about pandemic and things like that. There's also a hardback version if you want.
1: And lighter stuff.
0: And lighter stuff. There's an audiobook version, too, that you can listen to, which is eerily like this podcast uh thank you so much for listening be sure to join us again next week for sawbones until then my name is justin mcelroy
1: i'm sydney mcelroy
0: as always don't drill a hole in your head